Today on the Sunshine Economy, Florida lawmakers and vaccine mandates at work. Republicans say employees need protections against being fired for not getting vaccinated. We do not believe that employers should be collecting extensive medical information about an employee. Democrats call it political theater. Where is the urgency in this? What are we doing? We are agreeing with a loud minority that vaccines are bad. I'm Tom Hudson. Coming up, Florida legislators on making laws on vaccinations in the workplace. We pride ourselves on trying to be a state that reduces regulation. But I do believe that individual rights trump business, they trump government. It's all ahead on the Sunshine Economy after the news. Welcome to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening and supporting public radio. Clerk will now read the proclamation. To the honorable members of the Florida Senate and House of Representatives, whereas Article 3... It took Florida lawmakers only about 48 hours to ban companies from requiring employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19 or risk being fired. Now, therefore, I, Ron DeSantis, governor of the state of Florida, by virtue of the power and authority vested in me by Article 3... Governor Ron DeSantis called for a special legislative session in late October, and before lawmakers gathered in Tallahassee last week, the Federal Occupational Safety and Health Administration issued a new rule requiring all employers in the country with at least 100 workers or more to mandate they be vaccinated or risk being fired. OSHA is not enforcing that rule after a federal appeals court ordered it to stop. The court is considering the constitutionality of the rule. Governor DeSantis and Republican leaders wanted to preempt any federal vaccine mandate for workers, even if the mandate came with some exemptions. Wilton Simpson is president of the Florida Senate. He thinks the federal government's efforts to require workers to be vaccinated will fail in court. We believe that when this works its way up to the Supreme Court, it will be deemed unconstitutional. The federal government does not have the right to put a mandate on employers of our states of this nature. And certainly it's left to the states to do that work. And that's what we're doing today. We're setting up a Florida policy. Anything different than what it gets passed today is a conflict they've created, not us. During debate last week, Palm Beach County Democratic House member Kelly Skidmore said the Republican measures cater to their most conservative political base. Where is the urgency in this? What are we doing? We are agreeing with a loud minority that vaccines are bad. The House will come to order. House will come to order. Members will please take their seats. The floor debate in the Florida House began Tuesday morning at 10 a.m and lasted about seven and a half hours, stretched over two days. We are being faced as a state with a federal overreach by mandating on Florida's families a looming deadline that they can lose their job. This bill has fines and fees that are punitive, they're unfair, and they punish our small businesses and our entrepreneurs simply for doing the right thing. We do not believe that employers should be collecting extensive medical information about an employee. 
And about 48 hours after lawmakers began their special session, four bills had been passed. One requires companies to offer workers several exemptions to getting a COVID-19 vaccine. Another one shields some complaints made against companies for allegedly violating that law. A third directs the governor's office to study what it would mean if Florida would withdraw from the federal workplace safety rules. And the fourth eliminates the ability of the state surgeon general from ordering vaccinations during public health emergencies. Mr. Speaker, I move that the House adjourn to reconvene upon the call of the chair. Chairman Renner moves we adjourn. All in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed, no. The House is adjourned. By Thursday, the governor signed the bills into law. Nobody in Florida should be losing their job over these jabs. We want people to be able to work. We want people to be able to provide for their families. We want people to be able to have livelihoods. And that's just the way it's going to be in this state. So while the federal vaccine mandate for employees is in legal limbo, companies with a vaccine requirement in Florida must now allow workers to skip getting the shots if they claim medical or religious exemptions, if they previously had the virus and can show that they have what the law calls, quote, immunity to COVID-19, end quote. The law also allows workers to not get vaccinated if they are tested occasionally. And the final exemption is if an employee agrees to use personal protective equipment while at work. The Texas governor issued an executive order banning employer vaccine mandates, but Florida is the first state to put it into state law. I spoke with Lieutenant Governor Jeanette Nunez on Friday. Why were these laws necessary? Well, I think the most important thing that we were able to accomplish with this legislative special session and what was really our objective from day one was to protect Floridians, to protect employees from losing their jobs and, and to really stand on the side of Floridians' rights, their decision making. And uh, I think that's something the governor has been pretty consistent on throughout his entire first term, but in particular as it relates to COVID and some of these mandates and, and uh, from our perspective, federal overreach. How do the laws address Florida's public health? So clearly what we've been doing as part of our overall public health strategy is making sure that people have access to information, that they're educated, that they can make decisions for themselves. We know and we, our administration, was very cognizant of the fact that the elderly were most at risk, most vulnerable. That is why we focused our attention there and bucked the CDC in terms of their initial recommendations as to who should be the first in line to get the vaccine. Um, but we also know and what we've learned, and I think every step of this pandemic we have learned and adjusted and adapted, we've learned that there are breakthrough cases and they're more common than I believe the CDC let on initially based on the data that they were seeing. I have an 85-year-old mother. I have an 82-year-old aunt. Both of them fully vaccinated. Both of them don't really get out much. Both of them, pretty, they're pretty focused on protecting themselves. Both end up with COVID. Um, so, you know, we, we were immediately concerned, obviously, because of their age. My aunt has some health conditions. And so what we did is we went and we got them the monoclonal antibodies. So I think you have to be honest with people and people need to make decisions that are in their best interest. But what the governor has been every step of the way, I think he has been consistent, whether you agree with him or not, whether people are philosophically aligned with him or opposed to him, he makes decisions to protect individual rights. He doesn't believe government should be in the business of telling Telling you, should you get the vaccine? Should you not? That's a personal decision to be made in collaboration, oftentimes with your both your medical professionals. There's a lot of reasons why people have chosen not to get vaccinated. And so our stance has been, let's protect people from punitive 
um, measures like losing their jobs because of a decision they may have made for a host of reasons. Well, my best wishes first to your mom and your aunt on the recovery from the virus. I hope that they are doing well. Yes, they're doing great. Thank you for asking. Good. Why single out the COVID-19 vaccine with this package of legislation if the focus is on personal choice and freedom and information and allowing people to make their own best decisions? It's easy to use sound bites. It's easy to talk about things in the in the moment, right? But I can tell you before COVID even existed, as you well know, child vaccinations, they are uh, obviously at, when you enter school, they, they ask for copies of your childhood vaccination status. There are reasons and there are exemptions that exist today for childhood vaccinations. And a lot of those vaccines are way more effective in preventing the disease that they are slated to, to, prevent, to protect you from. So 67 counties, every county health department, when I speak with them or when I've talked to them or met with them, they tell me every year those exemptions grow. Um, I'm not saying that that's something that we support or that we promote, but clearly those vaccinations, which are way more effective, have options for parents to make decisions. Again, some of it may be health-related, some of it may be religious, um, but why should COVID-19 not be uh, subjected to the same opt-outs and the same provisions of protection for individual choice? How many employees are you aware of who lost jobs because they didn't comply with employer vaccine mandates prior to this legislation? I don't have the number offhand, but I can tell you I have gotten called. I have gotten emailed. I know that people on social media are constantly putting their predicaments. What's the impact on existing employer vaccine requirements that were put into policy by companies prior to this legislation becoming law? So obviously the legislation is now effective and it is Florida law. So whatever policies were put into place prior to this, whatever actions were, were taken prior to this, um, this law does not, it, it does not retroactive. So clearly moving forward, our expectation is that Florida employers will will mind the, the tenants of the legislation. They will proceed accordingly. This is the law of the land. As you well know, there's federal regulations that are sort of on pause. And so we'll address those through the courts as they go through. But it's been clear that OSHA has suspended any implementation moving forward until the court case um, has, has had its stay in court. So there's no opportunity for companies to have a grandfathered vaccine mandate in place for instance, that predates this legislation. No. If they had that, they now have to change company policy or risk being fined under this law. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Some business owners, and I'm sure you've heard from them as well, have expressed surprise about why government controlled by Republicans here in Florida felt the need to, as one business owner told me, tell them how to run their business. How do, have you responded to that? Well, I, I think what, what we've tried to say is that when we are going to weigh in the, the DeSantis Nunez administration, we are going to do so in a way that always stands on the side of individual rights. Um, I understand that a lot of businesses may be in a quandary. I understand that many businesses feel like, you know, they're just trying to avoid being in a place of conflict between federal and state law. And so we appreciate that. But at the end of the day, I find it offensive that these businesses would take away individual choice. It's something that the tenants of which this country was founded upon, of course, those 
philosophically, we stand always on the side of, of individuals, never on the side of government intruding. And, and really, for me, you know, from the perspective of the daughter of Cuban immigrants that came to this country, uh, fleeing oppression, fleeing tyranny, fleeing communism, it weighs on me. And it really does resonate because today it's this that they're going to mandate and, and, and really restrict your individual rights. But then what does tomorrow bring? And so I think this was really important. It's a line in the sand. What we're hopeful is that the businesses will rise to the occasion. They'll find a way to clearly make sure that they can continue to stay open, continue to protect their, their patrons. Um, but, you know, it's a far cry from when they were begging us over the course of the summer last year, please let us open, please, you know, government can't be shutting us down. So, you know, I think sometimes business, they like to pick and choose the, the issues that they uh, feel that government supports them on or not. But at the end of the day, I, again, I, I hope. And I trust that all employers will follow the law. Do you liken a company vaccine mandate for employees as tyrannical? Well, I mean, I think it certainly is an intrusion on someone's rights. Uh, what describes tyrannical to, to one person may not be the same to another. Um, I don't think it was done with a, a sinister intent. I do think it's important that we, you know, that we protect the individual's freedoms, their rights, um, we understand that a lot of people have suffered throughout the course of the last year and a half. And my hope really and truly is that we are going to be seeing COVID in the rearview mirror and we can move on with our lives. So how do you balance that desire for individual liberty and choice with the choice and liberty of a business owner to create policies that he or she sees fit to maximize their ability to exist? Yeah, well, as, as you well know, and businesses know here in the state of Florida, we, we pride ourselves on, on trying to be a, a state that reduces regulation and removes uh, burdensome uh, regulations from their midst. Uh, but, but I do believe that individual rights trump business, they trump government. The governor signed these bills into law on Thursday in Brandon, Florida. I want to ask you about this setting. You were not part of the bill signing ceremony. The Let's Go Brandon chant has become a G-rated version of a cheer of F Joe Biden. Uh, what is the message sent, do you think, by the governor's choice of location to sign these pieces of legislation? Look, I, I don't know if there's a message, a subliminal message or a direct message. Oh, there had to have been, <laughs> Lieutenant Governor, right? Uh, I mean, know. he could have done this at the mansion in Tallahassee. He could have done this at the state capitol in Tallahassee, walking distance for him. But he chose to travel to Brandon, Florida, at an auto dealership there that shared the same name as the city. There was a message there, wasn't there? Uh, well, I mean, yes, you could you could say that. And, and certainly, um, you know, I think that the governor has not been shy in, in criticizing the Brandon slash Biden administration, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I don't think he backs down from his his ire. I don't think he backs down from his um, disdain, really, from from the standpoint of what they're doing, how they're doing it. And uh, clearly, you know, I think it, it, it's all it, it, it'll all come out in terms of, you know, moving forward. Is it the end of the day he signed it at Brandon? It was it funny. You know, did people enjoy it? Did people find it distasteful? I'll let the I'll let the individual person make that determination. Lieutenant Governor Nunez, thanks so much for your time. Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving. You're listening to The Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Stay in touch with us. Send us an email. Our inbox is always open. 
Sunshine Economy at WLRNnews.org. Our email address is sunshineeconomy at WLRNnews.org. Each Monday, we examine the stories and hear the voices of people shaping South Florida's economy. Be sure to listen for the BBC News Hour Tuesdays through Fridays here on WLRN at 9 a.m. to hear stories and voices from around the globe. Still to come when the Sunshine Economy continues, how one Democratic senator saw the entire special law writing session last week. The special session was very upsetting in that these bills and those who testified were promoting anti-vax rhetoric. Welcome back to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening. No jab, no job policies in Florida are now illegal. The Florida legislature approved a series of new laws in a special session last week, including one that bans a company of any size from requiring workers to be vaccinated unless workers are given a list of reasons to opt out. The measure passed the Florida House with all Republicans and two Democrats voting for it. No Democrats in the state Senate supported it. I spoke with Boca Raton Democratic State Senator Tina Polsky over Zoom. Senator Polsky, welcome back to WLRN. Why vote against providing employees with exemptions from getting vaccinated in order to go to work? It was pretty simple for me. There are kind of two ways to look at this. One is smaller employee employers and one is larger. For the smaller employers, there was no federal vaccine mandate. So if an employer chose to ask his or her staff to be vaccinated, then I feel that they should have been able to do so. This bill was designed to go against the federal mandate, but there is no federal mandate for smaller employers. So basically, the state is just stepping in for no reason except to say that they don't want small, smaller, and I'm still under 100 isn't so small necessarily, that they cannot do a requirement for vaccines. As far as employers over 100, the federal rule, which I'll call it rather than a mandate, has religious and medical exemptions, as well as a testing opt-out. So really, this state bill is unnecessary for what it did to continue to allow more exemptions. And I think the exemptions it allowed in some ways were really just silly. But overall, the special session was very upsetting in that these bills and those who testified were promoting anti-vax rhetoric. Even the sponsor of the bill on the Senate side said that there is vaccine hesitancy out there. And this bill is giving life to those doubts. And I think the government should be doing exactly the opposite. Everything we can to promote vaccines. And instead of giving people permission to not get vaccines. They already had permission if they have a serious allergy or a serious reason to not get the vaccine. But I felt that this legislation is a vehicle for misinformation. Is there a difference in your mind between vaccine hesitancy and vaccine resistance? At this point, I think vaccine hesitancy is vaccine resistance because the vaccine has been available since the summer, and here we are in the middle of November, 
to me, vaccine hesitancy is listening to misinformation. When we got into discussion about pregnancy, which we did quite a bit because the bill had this very unusual line about anticipated pregnancy. So you can imagine the questions that we had about that. That's included in the language that allows for a medical exemption from a vaccine request from an employer. Correct. So we asked a lot of questions about what the definition is. And the sponsor, again, said that there is information out there that women who are pregnant or thinking about pregnant maybe shouldn't get the vaccine. So again, in my mind, this is an official vehicle of misinformation. So now on the Senate floor, the sponsor of the bill is talking about misinformation. Everything I've read where doctors are imploring pregnant women to get vaccinated. It is so much more dangerous to get COVID while you're pregnant. The overarching feeling should be that we get as many people vaccinated as possible. If an employer wants to have their staff vaccinated, that's why. It's for safety of everyone in the workplace, but it's also for their customers. And just imagine in the healthcare scenario, I had an amendment to exempt healthcare facilities. So imagine going to a dentist And having someone in your face who's not been vaccinated, who's much more likely to be a carrier of COVID, you know, imagine in a hospital setting. So there's very good reasons why employers would want to have their um, employees vaccinated. But also think about a potential business decision. You're a small business, you're you're a barbershop, and you want to put a sign in the window that says everyone who works here is vaccinated. That might encourage more people to come in. It's a business decision. So they should be able to do that. A barber still could do that. They just can't require those hairstylists to be vaccinated as a condition of employment. That is correct. So if everyone complies, then there's no problem. Senator Polsky, with the passage of this legislation and the governor signing into law, do you believe it is now official Florida state policy to cast doubt on COVID-19 vaccines? I do. I think that's a very good way to put it. Yes. Lieutenant Governor Nunez, when we spoke with her, she described the most important accomplishment of this special session was protecting individual rights. Do you believe that individual rights are protected with this new law? Unfortunately, I have a disagreement with her. I believe she did a press conference or something with those folks who testified who were incredibly anti-vax. They were standing there talking about how dangerous these vaccines are and how it's fine to have COVID. And I asked in committee, so what's the alternative here to vaccines? Everybody gets COVID and the strong will survive, you know, this herd immunity theory. That's what these folks are seeking to do. They are completely anti-vax. So by giving a platform by the lieutenant governor and the governor who did a photo op with them in his office, um, they are giving license to this anti-vax rhetoric. It's really quite disappointing. So to couch that in individual rights, I think is a sham because what is this public health emergency that we're in? It's a community working together to keep everyone safe. And you know why we don't have polio or smallpox or measles? Because the vast, vast majority of people have taken the vaccine. And so by me having the vaccine, my children having the vaccine, we can cover for the very few who refuse to get the vaccine. If we have 95% coverage, then that 5% who absolutely holds out, 
guess what? There's no more disease because so many of us are immunized. So we are covering for those people. The lieutenant governor points out there are exemptions in place for vaccine requirements, medical and religious exemptions from public school vaccine mandates, for instance. There are, but in the past, they've been so rarely used that we accomplished the immunity as a community that we are seeking. And you know what's happened since this anti-vax rhetoric started? Childhood vaccines for all these other diseases are down significantly. Look what's going to happen in a few years if we keep this up. I mean, there were some measles outbreaks in religious areas in New York, I believe, and maybe California. Do we want that? And why? Why? Simply because people refuse to get the vaccine. This is giving license to anti-vax theories and so and conspiracy theories, in my opinion. And so you can couch the individual rights or any way you want to say it, but you will not accomplish the public good. And I think that is the distinction truly between the Democrats and Republicans on this particular legislation is we're looking out for the greater good and for the safety and saving lives. And to me, the other side is couching this anti-vax rhetoric and pandering to the base under the guise of individual rights. Does it give you any comfort that this law sunsets, expires on June 1st of 2023? It's better than it not, but I sure as hell hope that we're not dealing with COVID-19 in the summer of 2023. That's Senator Tina Polsky. She's a Democrat from Boca Raton. You are listening to The Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Look for our podcast by searching Sunshine Economy on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to tune in to WLRN, 9 a.m., Tuesdays through Fridays, to catch voices from around the world, thanks to the BBC NewsHour. Still to come as our program continues on the Sunshine Economy, a Florida House Republican on banning vaccinate or be fired policies for companies. The purpose of the legislation is to make sure that employees, that Florida residents and citizens, have the opportunity to be able to have options other than just simply the vaccine. I'm Tom Hudson. This is the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. Thanks for listening. One of the largest employers in Florida no longer requires its workers to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Disney dropped its mandate on Friday after state lawmakers approved a bill allowing for a company vaccine rule only if certain exemptions were allowed. Under Disney's former vaccine rule, workers could opt out for medical or religious reasons. The new Florida law expands the types of exemptions employees can now use to avoid getting a jab for their job. Tom Fabricio is a Republican member of the Florida House. His district straddles the western Broward-Miami-Dade County border. Representative Fabricio, thanks for joining us. Are Florida workplaces safer now with this new law in place? Uh, that's a good question. What I would say is Florida workplaces have been safe uh, and Florida work- workers uh, have more options. A lot of workers who've lost their jobs and workers who've been very concerned about the possibility of losing their jobs and have been undergoing a lot of stress as a result of that can now rest assured that there are exceptions uh, that their employers will take to allow them to continue working and allow for everybody to be safe. Why did you support the legislation, the now law, 
that allows companies to still have vaccine policies in place, but with a lot more exemptions? Well, there's a middle ground. Uh, There was a sector of the community that wanted us to absolutely abolish any type of mandate whatsoever. And um, then there was the, the exact opposite side that said, no, you should let the federal government do whatever they want to do. We don't believe that the federal government should be able to do whatever they want to do here in Florida. But we do believe that employers and businesses do have rights. We struck a middle ground uh, where we are expanding the exceptions that are available uh, for employees to be able to take so that they can work, there can be a safe workplace, and that the original EEOC guidelines, which were good, uh, but they weren't as broad as we had hoped that they would be for exceptions, uh, could be broadened and uh, employers and employees uh, could find a middle ground. The EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, a federal agency, is it your sense or your intent that your vote in support of this law was to rebuff the federal government and its efforts under the Biden administration to require companies of 100 employees or more to have vaccine mandates in place? Or was this also a vote of companies that on their own free will have decided to put vaccine policies in place even prior to the uh, Biden administration speaking? The purpose of the legislation is to make sure that employees, that Florida residents and citizens have the opportunity to be able to have options other than just simply the vaccine. Both uh, elements that you mentioned are at play, but it is really important to note that the purpose of this legislation was for purposes of making sure employees had rights and and options. Uh, And there are, I got to tell you, there's folks that live physically close to my home here in my neighborhood in Broward County. I live in Miramar. So as you know, uh, my district runs from Miramar down to Dade County, and Miramar is probably the bluest part of of those two, uh, of that community of my district. And as you know, this whole issue is very politicized. But here in Miramar, I've been stopped by folks in my physical community um, when I go on walks with my family, and they tell me, and I had a a gentleman tell me that he's thinking of leaving South Florida he's, uh, because he works for a large Fortune 500 employer uh, who is requiring that he get vaccinated uh, within 30 days. Uh, and this is before I went up to Tallahassee last week. And that if he did not get vaccinated, he would have to look for another job. And his view was, you know what, I'm going to sell my house. I'm going to get my savings and I'm going to get I'm going to buy a house in a rural community. So I don't have to deal with this kind of this kind of overreach and uh, these employers that are causing us to do this. And and my legislation wasn't meant just for him in particular, but it was meant for for lots of folks like him throughout the community. Uh, There are people who don't want to be vaccinated. And, And you should know I'm vaccinated. The mandate in my house came from my wife. She suggested that I get vaccinated and I complied with that. And that was my choice. But I'll tell you this, uh, on the, in the Dade County side, in the Hialeah side of my district, there's a lot of folks who also want to get vaccinated, but they don't want the government telling them to get vaccinated. They came from countries where the government has told them what to do from cradle to grave, and they want to have options. They want to talk to their doctor, and they want this to be their decision, whether they are vaccinated or not. Does this run counter to a traditional Republican approach to business, which through the years has been generally less regulation is better for business, less government is better for business? I start from a very conservative place uh, whenever I analyze any kind of legislation or any kind of public policy. And it's even further than conservative. It would be 
libertarian to suggest that, you know, the position is complete laissez-faire, just let businesses be business and, and the markets will regulate themselves. And I agree with that. I, I, I agree with that ardently. Uh, the view is that there is a situation where government, where the federal government and some companies have started requiring these medical procedures be undertaken uh, and uh, it's causing a lot of trouble. And uh, I believe it's, you know, the, the state government had to step in at this point. I really want to try to get at the heart of this action that you and your colleagues took. Do you think you would have taken the action had it not been for the Biden administration's rules from the OSHA agency regarding vaccines for companies with 100 employees or more? I think that may have been the, the straw that broke the camel's back uh, because that was a, a serious federal overreach. We're in an economic situation where um, it's hard to find employees uh, right now. Creating more federal legislation that causes employees to not want to come to work is not the right thing to do, beyond there being all sorts of other constitutional issues with that. Was it contemplated for the legislature to take action to push back against the federal regulation while still allowing a company owner, a business owner, to make decisions for him or herself regarding how they wanted to approach vaccinations for their employees? I think that middle ground has been struck with this particular legislation. Um, it, it, this legislation allows for an employer to say that it, an employee must be vaccinated, but it has to take into account several exceptions. There's a second law that was also passed and you voted for that shields companies and employees uh, who are subject to investigations into possible violations. Why keep that information private? Specifically, the public records exemption was to not disclose certain aspects of uh, the information, but it wasn't all of the information. Including the name of the employee who may be complaining that his or her employer is not following the law. That's right. So it keeps... It allows for the name of the particular person, the person's religion, and I think several other aspects. But the data could be released in the aggregate. Uh, it could be released with certain elements that allow the actual complainant to be an, uh, anonymous. And it's also sundowns at a certain uh, date. The legislation that requires companies to have exemptions for vaccine policies is due to expire in a few years. Why put that expiration date on it? Originally, when that uh, expiration date was put in was because we believe that the current COVID uh, environment will expire at some point, and ultimately it will be less and less. So the idea was to sunset the legislation in the hope that it's no longer needed? Correct. That's Republican Representative Tom Fabricio from Miramar. Still to come on the Sunshine Economy, the Democratic perspective on the state studying opting out of federal workplace safety. They have to have more stringent standards than the federal government in order to be allowed to have a state-run agency. I mean, it doesn't seem like the Republicans to make stricter regulation for workplace safety.
We're back on the Sunshine Economy. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening and supporting public radio here in South Florida. It may take many years, but if Florida withdraws from the federal agency overseeing workplace safety, that process officially began last week. In fewer than 400 words, lawmakers directed the governor's office to craft a plan removing Florida from the Occupational Safety and Health Administration oversight and create its own state regulatory workplace watchdog, dropping OSHA for FLOSHA, Florida OSHA. Any withdrawal would need the okay from the federal government, though. The last time it gave the green light for a state to run its own workplace safety agency was 35 years ago. I spoke about the effort with Democratic State Senator Tina Polsky from Boca Raton over Zoom. Why do you think federal oversight of workplace safety is best for Florida? There's no reason to recreate the wheel. We'd be spending millions, billions of dollars recreating the system that's already in place. I haven't heard any complaints about OSHA except for suddenly when it's being used to help promote vaccination. This is purely a political ploy to show that he is putting down the Biden administration and he doesn't need the federal government. And it's true that there are 22 states that do not subscribe to OSHA, but a lot of those states had a safety mechanism in place before OSHA was formulated. So they just kept with their state program, uh, which they were allowed to do once OSHA became law. So in order for the state to create its own OSHA uh, framework, the federal government has to approve it. So it's kind of a moot point because if the federal government is requiring vaccinations of uh, large employers and federal contractors and hospitals, then they're not going to approve our plan anyway. So let's just throw away a million dollars on a study or a letter. I mean, I had appropriations projects for mental health and uh, jobs and uh, economic development that were vetoed by the governor. So there's a million dollars that he can just willy-nilly spend on a letter, literally, hiring consultants, having no oversight to come up with the possibility of leaving OSHA. And this won't happen. Mark my words. This is an election ploy. There'll be studies and conversation. By November or December 2022, this will all be forgotten. Forgotten because why? He will have either won re-election or not. Sure. And there could be a Republican in office in the White House in 2025 when the timeline comes to make a FLOSHA, a Florida OSHA, an actual reality. It's possible, but I just don't see what the point is of that. They'd have to have more stringent standards than the federal government in order to be allowed to have a state-run agency. So why would you do that? I mean, it doesn't seem like the Republicans to make stricter regulation for workplace safety. What questions do you hope this review answers in an authentic way? If there's something missing from our safety regulations that they could do better with, because as I said, they can't do less. So they have to do more. I'm all for worker safety. If they think they can come up with a better system, okay. Another bill passed by legislators signed into law by Governor DeSantis eliminated the ability of the state surgeon general from requiring vaccinations during a public health emergency. This law dates back to the weeks and months after the September 11th terrorist attacks and worries then about bioterrorism. Had this provision in Florida law gotten past its uh, goodbye date, so to speak? So it's never been utilized. 
even though we had vaccines available, it was never mandated by the Surgeon General. You know, they tried to paint a picture of a literally police officers holding someone down and forcing a vaccination. That's not how the law was intended. I just don't think, again, this is necessary. It's just another tool that the Surgeon General could have if he or she needed it in the future. It wasn't a problem now, so I don't see it being a problem anytime in the future. Now, you did vote against this law as well. You voted against all four pieces of legislation. This particular law allows the Surgeon General to continue to issue quarantines, require testing, and what the law describes as treatment. As a lawmaker, do you understand that word treatment to include ordering vaccinations? It could possibly. I think it's very unclear. You know, you could pick apart each of the four bills, but the big picture is everyone needs to, you know, be as safe as possible. And the vaccine is our only way out. So I see the role of government as helping us get there, not hurting our ability for everyone to get vaccinated. And to me, that's the differential. That's Senator Tina Polsky. She's a Democrat representing Boca Raton. You're listening to The Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Each Monday, we examine stories and hear voices of people shaping South Florida's economy. You won't miss an episode if you subscribe to our podcast. Search Sunshine Economy on your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Still to come on this program, we'll hear again from a Florida House Republican, this time on the possibility of leaving federal workplace safety oversight. I believe that it is a fair position for the state of Florida to consider moving away from OSHA in light of the overreach that has been taking place. I'm Tom Hudson. You're listening to The Sunshine Economy on WLRN. Thanks for your support, and thanks for listening this week. OSHA is the Occupational and Safety Health Administration. It's part of the U.S. Department of Labor. It's a federal agency that ordered all businesses in the United States with at least 100 workers to mandate that they be vaccinated against COVID-19 by early next year. However, a federal appeals court has stepped in and paused the rule from taking effect. The move toward employee vaccinations by the Biden administration pushed Florida Republican lawmakers and Governor Ron DeSantis to make a move of their own to begin a process that could have Florida withdraw from federal workplace rules. It was one of the bills lawmakers okayed in last week's special session in Tallahassee. Tom Fabricio is a Republican member of the Florida House. His district straddles the western Broward and Miami-Dade border. Why is the federal OSHA agency representative not right to regulate Florida workplaces? Well, so that's a broad question. It's slightly unfair the way you're putting it. So, And, and you know that. I see you smiling. So. Well, the legislation asks the governor to study creating a state agency to regulate workplace safety sure and to then request from the federal government that florida companies are exempt from federal oversight the purpose of the legislation was to study the viability of moving away from osha right that's a fair uh, explanation of what the goal of that legislation was i believe that it is a fair position 
for the state of Florida to consider moving away from OSHA in light of the overreach that has been taking place. I would say that a vast majority of my constituents uh, have take the position that OSHA's uh, guidelines that are currently in question uh, are a far overreach of what OSHA should be doing. So that's why when you ask, well, why doesn't the federal government do it right? Why can Florida do it better? The, the fact of the matter is, is that we're looking to make sure that the federal government doesn't overreach into Florida. And we want to make sure that, you know, employee protections are needed. There's no doubt about that. That's why that there would be a FLOSHA, as you would. But um, the, the federal overreach is not acceptable. Is it a fait accompli, though, as you're asking the governor, who has been very critical of the federal agency, to study the uh, viability of exempting from that same federal agency? Are you going to be surprised at the governor's conclusion if he comes back and says, we should go ahead and create our own state uh, oversight regulatory agency that rules around workplace safety? I think it depends on a lot of factors. And one of the factors would be, what are the results of the litigation that's currently pending? What happens if OSHA decides on their own and realizes that they have overreached? What's going to happen with respect to a lot of these things would, I think, inform what that study is uh, and whether we need to have OSHA uh, taken back in the state of Florida step in place uh, to whatever degree we're able to. Is it fait complete? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think the future is written. If OSHA comes back and decides to do away with its proposed regulation, you'd be fine with scrapping even the viability study into a FLOSHA, a Florida OSHA? I think we need to see what the results of the viability study are. We request studies all the time. This isn't something surprising. What are some of the questions you have about that viability? And I ask that by giving some feedback that I've received privately from business owners, particularly around the issue of workers' compensation insurance, which is ruled, as I understand it, really by OSHA regulations, and it helps create a national market of insurance. If Florida were to create a FLOSHA, a state agency, it would potentially live kind of outside what those insurance tables already provide in terms of risk levels and premiums. Sure. The, uh, to some degree, the actuarial tables are national, but they're not all national. Some of them are based on, as you know, risk factors in certain parts of Florida are higher than others for different reasons. I'm certainly not an actuarial expert, uh, so I can't really comment on that. Uh, what I would tell you is that uh, the purpose of the study is to determine viability, and that would, I imagine, be one of the elements that would be considered. The fourth bill that you and your colleagues considered and that uh, you voted for does away with the Surgeon General's ability to mandate vaccines during a public health emergency. Can anyone now in Florida mandate individual vaccines? My understanding is, with regard to the public health emergency, uh, my understanding is that no. This bill leaves intact some other provisions that were in the original law passed in the wake of the 9-11 attacks back in 2001, including allowing the Surgeon General to mandate quarantines, testing, and treatment. Could treatment include vaccines? Well, that's a good question, and that came up during floor debates. I, I think the bill that was ultimately passed and enacted into law uh, is a middle ground, because there was a group of us who uh, felt that the bill didn't go far enough. 
And there was obviously a group on the other side who felt that the bill uh, was more than what they were willing to tolerate. When you say far enough, what would you have liked to have seen in a perfect bill if you had had that ability? Well, what I'll tell you is that I think the legislative process, uh, which is what yields legislation, um, yielded this bill. Uh, So I would say, uh, you know, if you believe democracy works, I would say that this is a perfect bill because it's not everything that everybody wanted. Uh, There were folks that didn't want any sort of treatment mandated or any sort of testing mandated either. Were you among those? To be honest with you, I that wasn't my approach prior to coming in. But I certainly have a large group of supporters and constituents who would uh, who would support that initiative. That's Republican Representative Tom Fabricio from Miramar speaking with us via Zoom. Don't forget about the podcast for this program if you missed any of it, or you can catch up on all of our previous programs by searching Sunshine Economy on your favorite podcast app. If you hit subscribe, you'll be sure not to miss a week. And while you're there, please leave a review. You can follow WLRN on social media. Continue the conversation there. Look for us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Joe Johnson is our technical director. Polly Landis is our booking producer. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening. WLRN Public Media.